Hello and welcome to Say When, a geeky podcast. It's the 6th of May, 2018, and this is episode 9. We weren't ready. An Infinity War discussion complete with lots and lots of spoilers. I'm Sally. And I'm Melissa. So, before we get into our spoilery, spoilery discussion of Infinity War, how have you been doing this week, Melissa? Well, I've been doing pretty well. I've been preparing for an audit at work, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right um but as you know a little bit of a stress relief i thought i might go see avengers infinity war and uh you know a little escape from all the stuff going on at work and uh as it turns out not so much stress relief after all mm. it was pretty traumatic mm. but other than that i'm doing great how about you i did kind of try to warn you without spoiling you <laughs> Yeah, right? I, I did kind of give the impression that it wasn't like, okay, um, well, it's the end of the semester, and as I've mentioned before, I um, teach, and so we've got lots of stuff going on, and as my British friends would say, I've been marking lots of papers and um, just trying to get into the semester stuff done and start getting ready for summer. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been okay. Um, I was really excited to get to see Infinity War um, as quickly as I did. And I was really glad because I felt a little bit like Nemo in the, Neo rather, in the uh, Matrix where I'm like leaning back trying to avoid spoilers on the internet. And I was able to avoid them before I went in. So everything that happened in Infinity War was a complete, utter and total shock to me. Completely. So there's that. So I'm okay. Yep. 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 Um, so just real quick, I thought we could scoot through the news and notables because it's, you know, it's a thing we do. Mm -hmm. um, very, very quickly, summer blockbuster season has begun. And so all of our movies that we've been excited about for the last six months are coming out. And um, I was really excited because when I went to see Inter um, Infinity War, we had trailers for all of them, virtually, plus a trailer for Grindelwald's The Crime of Grindelwald, or The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I was so excited because, you know, I'm punching my husband because here's another Harry Potter movie, and um, I get as excited, or almost as excited for Harry Potter as I do for Star Wars, so there's that. Um, anything uh, that caught your attention in the theaters, Melissa? Um, well, I do want to go see Crime of Grindelwald as well, since I now know that Newt's commander's in it, and um, and I am a part of House Hufflepuff, so mm -hmm. I definitely need to go show, you know, some that. Hufflepuff pride. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Overboard is it came out last week, and it just looks a little entertaining. I enjoyed the first one with Kurt mm -hmm. Russell, mm -hmm. and um, you know, of course, it kind of has to fall in line with. The things that take priority. But if I have time, I might like to go see that. Looks yeah. kind of fun. Fun, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I just finished reading Land's Last Shot, which is a Han and Lando novel. And it is one of these books that Del Rey and Lucasfilm have put out as, you know, The Road to Solo, a Star Wars story. And I thought that maybe I could do a little bit of an in-depth review on um, Last Shot after when we do our podcast, maybe on Deadpool. Um, and 
by the way, um, um, by the way, when, um, we get to, um, solo, I'm excited because I've already got my tickets for Thursday night. So, yeah, nice. yeah I'll see it, you know, opening night. Uh, just for the record, for those of you who are paying attention for episode nine, Star Wars episode nine, which as yet is untitled, I believe, um, the crack spoilers are already starting to appear. Um, if you go to Reddit, if you go to 4chan, people are coming out with spoilers. Um, now, when I say crack spoilers, I mean probably not true at all. People are just making stuff up. But, you know, um, I flipped through a message board and someone else in the last 10 minutes has come up with something new. So... It's going to be a long 18 months in the run-up to Episode 9. And the working title of Episode 9, for the record, is Black Diamond. So, yeah, that is not crack. That is true. So, anyway, that's it, I think, for News and Notables. Do you have anything, Melissa, aside from that? No, no. I guess we should uh, jump right into the meat and potatoes. Okay. Um... My general impression of this movie, and I'm going to go first because my general impression is really short. I wasn't ready. I don't think I'll ever be ready. And I just can't. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, a lot like you, I did not know a lot about what to expect going into the movie. Um, I did not read the comics, so I wasn't familiar with the backstory and I think at the end of the movie it was pretty obvious to everybody around me that I was completely shook by what I had just witnessed um the guys at the movie theater cleaning up even commented on the look on my face which is pretty probably similar to most everybody's face as they were exiting the theater um yeah I wasn't ready and um it was just exhausting. By the time I got out of the movie, I was just physically exhausted. I felt like it was all middle, like just nonstop action. And thank goodness for the comedic relief. Yeah. That's all I, I got to say. Yeah. I've got to agree with you there that the comedic relief was um, necessary. I think in some movies, uh, comedic relief would be out of place, especially in, you no. Know, no, I don't want to say it that way. Let me just say that I think that the comedic relief was necessary in this movie because it was such a heavy movie in an otherwise relatively lighthearted franchise, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. go to Marvel movies to see superheroes, um, good versus evil, so on and so forth. And so um, I think it's really helpful to have some of the the haha -ha funny moments in the movie because if you don't then it would just have been a constant downer for two hours and 30 minutes and, and that, or 40 minutes I think by the time you get through all the credits to see the credit scene so yeah I uh, I needed the comedy too so uh well what were your favorite parts Melissa I think you liked the movie just oh yeah I liked the movie I was just traumatized by the end of it but um Favorite parts were all the good belly laughs. Um, and just as an FYI, I'm going to use Quill and Parker to refer to Star-Lord and Spider-Man, since we have two main characters named Peter. Um, but lots of Thor, 
comedy, um, which, you know, Thor is my favorite. I'm all Team Thor. Um, Drax was really crushing on Thor, and can you blame him? I mean, I loved his line when he first sees Thor. He's like, it's like a pirate and an angel had a baby. Um, But, of course, Thor won't resemble a pirate for the entire movie because um, we remember his sister Hela plucked his eye out during Thor Ragnarok, um, leaving him resembling his father, Odin. But um, Rocket Raccoon provides him with a mechanical prosthetic eye. Um, that Groot had given him in Guardians 2, but he fails to tell Thor where he smuggled it from, what orifice of his body (laughs) he smuggled it in, until after Thor had popped it into his eye socket. Yeah, it it may have had some some raccoon butt (laughs) um, remnants. (laughs) So that was pretty funny. Um, And then I thought it was hilarious whenever quill was deepening his voice to sound like thor so that uh you know gamora was like really impressed with thor and he was just trying to copy him Mm -hmm. um then the jokes about the appearance of thanos were pretty hilarious Mm -hmm. uh mostly by quill when he refers to thanos as grimace Mm -hmm. we all remember grimace from mcdonald's the purple character Mm -hmm. And um, also telling him that he was going to blast that. Just say it. <laughs> so vulgar. But he's like, I'm going to blast that nutsack of a chin, chin off of your face. I can't even say it. Like, my, my mouth doesn't even want to form the words because it's so vulgar. But anyway, it was hilarious. And um, Thor gets a new hammer, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Groot provides the handle, which is really sweet. You know, he, the whole way through the movie, Groot's just like this brooding teenager, but he steps up and helps Thor out whenever he needs a handle for his new hammer, quote unquote. Um, and then I loved seeing Peter Dinklage play the giant dwarf, um, the character Atri. So that was that was really cool to see him. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite parts, I think. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, <laughs> well, I had a few parts that I really enjoyed as well. Um, one of the things that immediately stuck out in my mind was when um, Bucky picks up Rocket and spins around in a circle and wipes out dozens of Chitari in like one fell swoop. And then Rocket's immediately like, I'm going to get that arm. <laughs> even though Bucky is clearly not going to just hand the arm over. And uh, earlier in the movie, I had enjoyed uh, Stan Lee's cameo where he says, um, you know, to the kids, he's a bus driver, and he says to the kids, you'd think you'd never seen a spaceship before. (laughs) And Peter Parker is off uh, immediately at that point doing the, Doing the thing, going, doing his Spider-Man thing. I thought that was great. And then, of course, for me, any time that Captain America appears on the screen is an upside. And uh, so, yeah, I liked all those scenes. So, while you are Team Thor, I am Team Cap. Always and forever. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Team Cap. And, mm, 
bless. So anyway, uh, emotional and moving parts. What what did you find the most emotional or moving? Well, obviously, all of the casualties mm-hmm. were just devastating. Mm-hmm. And how do we even want to go about this? How do we even want to discuss these casualties? Do we just want to jump right in and say... I think we should maybe start um, at the beginning and and try to keep it as in line with how they occurred in the movie as possible, although we're all working off memory and and not memory of seeing it four times, right? Right. Um, So I think maybe do it that way. And and the first casualty or question is actually a question mark. The last time we saw Valkyrie, she was on board the Asgardian Ark with everybody, and they're kind of laughing, and they're headed to Earth. And then when the movie opens, the Asgardian Ark has been attacked by Thanos and his thugs, and you hear a distress call going out and saying it's Asgardian families, not a military um, vessel. So, my husband... when we were leaving, said that he saw the Valkyrie symbol on a body. Otherwise, we see nothing of Valkyrie. So I came away with the impression that Valkyrie was dead because Valkyrie would have gone down fighting. Like in every universe that I can conceive, Valkyrie would have gone down fighting. Did you come away with that same impression that that she was dead or did you I not? did not see that part at all, which, okay. you know, that makes me want to go back. And of course, I'm sure I missed some things, but I, that's definitely one of the things I missed. I just remember hearing Thor saying, um, you know, during the movie that half of his um, people were lost or killed. Um, but we don't know who and we don't know how. We, know, we don't see any of that mm-hmm. in the movie. We just pop in when everybody's slaughtered and i just didn't i mean the only one that i saw that looked like he may have survived was thor Mm -hmm. right and um i just don't know um i don't i don't know I, i i'm going forward on the on the assumption that valkyrie has is dead but now the first person that we do know is Hamdell, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really, really, that was my initial thought. First of all, he's such a good guy. He's done so much for the people of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And then for so many reasons, on so many levels, it's so messed up that he was the first person to die, mm-hmm. that we actually see die. Right. Um, yeah, I wasn't happy about that. No, it, well, it, it's interesting, though, because Thor says, you're going to die for that, right? And when he when he actually takes on Thanos with his new axe, hammer axe, um, he almost kills him. Um, and, and he makes reference to Hemdall at that point. But, yeah, that was a hard one to watch. I mean, I, there's some tears kind of thing. Um, the next one that we know about big character wise is Loki and I have feels for this one. I do. I have feels for this one. Yeah. We know that you like to see people who have maybe taken a walk down the dark side 
come back around and we were just seeing Loki maybe do that. But he's kind of done that. He's kind of. Well, he's a trickster see- god. He's seesawed back and forth yeah. for a long time. But of course, you know, we see him save his brother. Um, mm. And then. Then poof, he's gone. He's yeah. no more. You, you can. Loki's one of those characters that you can't trust until you can. And and then at that moment you could have trusted Loki and, and then they and it just and I think Loki there was such a finality to the way that he Yeah, he looked like, pretty dead. He looked pretty dead. Like the eyes and I I was like, Oh, I think I think this is it for Loki and I, I really like Loki. Um in this particular fashion. Before, but I don't know that that's going to be the case yeah, for this, this time around. This doesn't feel like he could come back from this. So it felt fine. It did. Yeah, it did. And then another death that for me felt pretty final was Gamora. And I think I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I'm 100 percent about that one. That it's final. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. Well, it felt final to me. Heck, I'm not even sure why it felt final to me. I think just kind of seeing her body twisted the way it was at the bottom of that and and she her soul was gone right mm-hmm. um well mm, her soul is encapsulated somewhere aren't they all yes within mm. the soul stone realm mm. but um and that's why i don't feel it's final and then you know not to jump ahead, but we do get a glimpse of her in the towards the end of the film. So we do? I don't think. Yeah. What are you talking about? Did you? We'll get to it. I don't want to since we're doing chronological. But anyway, Gamora basically, um, in order for Thanos to get the uh, Soul Stone, he has to give up someone he loves, and um, so he gives up Gamora. But we do see her towards the end of the movie. Again, I don't recall seeing her again. When she says, "Was it worth it?" at the very end, who? Gamora. To Thanos. Did you uh, did you go to take a bathroom break? No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> she was in little girl form. Okay, all right. See, okay, but no, no, I. I, to me, to me, that death threat is final. But, but that having been said, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy too, so I'm sure they'll bring her back. Um, then Vision. Vision looked pretty final. Um, yeah, and poor Vision died twice. How? Mm. That's just brutal. Mm-hmm. They gave us some hope. Um, that he might be saved. We, you and I both knew that he was probably going to be toast because, I mean, he's one of the. He had the Infinity Stone implanted in the center of his head. And they gave us some hope that they were going to, you know, swoop him off to Wakanda and have the stone removed. But they ran out of time. Mm -hmm. And so Thanos eventually gets that stone. Mm -hmm. Um, And Vision also looks pretty dead Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And he doesn't go out in the same fashion that everybody else does. So that's Mm -hmm. why... That's why I'm not positive mm-hmm. about his return, but mm. maybe. Well, but you know what, though? That said, Vision's an android 
Yeah. You could reboot him, maybe. <laughs> Put yeah. another power source in his head. And, but he wouldn't have the same emotions and whatnot that that uh, Vision did before, I don't think. Um, then we get into the deaths that are all exactly the same. With these kind of disintegrating and turning into ash deaths, which... Mm-hmm come when Thanos actually uses the completed Infinity Gauntlet and damages it quite a bit, interestingly enough. You get Black Panther. Final or no? No. I don't think it's final either. Spider-Man? No. I don't think so either. Um, Basically, everybody who died at the hand of Thanos at the end, I do not believe. Mm-hmm. Is final, right? Um, we've also so got, that's everybody going forward. Yep, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Falcon. Mm, that one hurt. Maria Hill, Nick Fury, and all of the Guardians except Rocket Raccoon. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So at this point. We know we've lost half of the Avengers, basically. It's almost and, easier to count the ones we have left. Right. And um, <laughs> like through I'm the to snap of a finger, because Thanos has gained all the Affinity Stones and um, snaps his fingers. And at random, half of every being in the universe just turns to dust. Except Groot, who's the last of his kind. And he kills Groot, too. Mm-hmm. That seems like a plot hole to me. Well, but, we've got, we've got the, uh, we've got some of Groot's DNA in that handle. I think yeah. we'll see Groot. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean. A slicing or something. Yeah, I think we'll see, I think we'll see most of them again. I think we probably need to back up for just a little bit and maybe talk a little bit about some of these deaths. Um, with Black Panther, I am really confident we'll see him again, especially given that he has another movie coming out. Um, I think Spider-Man's death was really surprising as well. Um, again, another movie coming out. Uh, what was your impression of Spider-Man in this movie? He, he, to me, was a little bit of a different character than he had been in Civil War. Yeah, I loved um, the enhancements. Like, mm-hmm. the Iron Spider legs were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, he was... He had some comedy of his own going on mm-hmm. with um, some of the alien references and actually saved the day with that one, mm-hmm. which during that scene with um, one of the Black Order, what was mm-hmm. his name, Maul mm-hmm. um, and uh, Doctor Strange, and that bugged the heck out of me. That was one of those things that just bugged the heck out of me. But anyway, he saved the day. Um yeah, I thought he was. I thought that that version of Spider Man was pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Okay, what, what about Doctor Strange? Um, you know, it was really cool to see him um, use the icon spell to make copies of himself. Mm-hmm. And um, we know this is something that's kind of been bothering me. So, towards the end of the movie. Doctor Strange uses the stone to that he possesses to see 14 million different outcomes. 
and he decides to spare Tony Stark's life after vowing to him earlier that he would protect the stone at all costs. And, um, but he decides to spare his life. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe he sees something. I don't know what that says, okay, Tony needs to survive, but he doesn't convey this message to anybody. He doesn't convey the one way. Mm hmm. That he sees that they win. Mm-hmm. So how do they know? How do they know uh, what that one way is? Well, I have a couple thoughts on this. Um, well, first of all, if he's seen 14 million different outcomes, one of them outcomes might have been as if he knows that if he tells, then they it's not going to work. Yeah, you know? Okay. And um, the other thing about the, t- the time stone as a plot device annoys me. I, I I'm not a big time travel person. I don't read novels that engage in a lot of time travel. It's just not my jam. Um, And I feel like it's sort of a deus ex machina that I don't particularly like. Um, But I do think that um, Doctor Strange is making the hard choice, right? He is doing what he has to do to ensure that the one option for victory has a chance of happening. And apparently that involved allowing Thanos to get his hands on all the Infinity Stones and wipe out half the universe, which, you know, but in and of itself right there, if he says to Tony, it had to be done or it had to happen or something like that. So that gives me hope that that this is the way that it has to be and, and they will be able to come out of it to the good on the other side. So that's kind of my quick hot take on that. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's probably, you know, mm-hmm. guess we'll find out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so many others. And, and I, don't, I can't even dwell on them. I just remember it happening in such rapid succession. It was startling and it was painful. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to watch. And then you... Um, you felt like there were some some parts that were really sort of curious to you. What were you thinking about Yeah, that? it really bugged me, like I said, with the Black Order and um, how powerful they were. Mm-hmm. Ebony Maul, that was his name, the guy that was um, looked like the Crypt Keeper mm-hmm. that gave um, Doctor Strange a run for his money. And they all just were so super powerful. And, I mean, here Doctor Strange is someone who's wielding an Infinity Stone, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't seem logical to me that some alien would be able to give him such a difficult time but he did so i have a question about that Mm -hmm. so in guardians of the galaxy peter was able to hold on to an infinity stone for a brief time because he was not all human correct Mm -hmm. right and then the other guardians grab hands and they sort of channel it and then they're able to like contain it and all that stuff. I can accept that. But at the end, when Thanos is going after Dr. Strange and the time stone and he rips Dr. Strange's necklace off and says it's fake, right? Dr. Strange then after that whole thing and he gives up the time stone He's wielding the time stone, the power of the time stone by himself 
and it's not killing him. Well, I had this conversation with some friends. First of all, remember that Doctor Strange is a wizard. Um, So he's got some sort of maybe levitation spell or something that he's conjured. He's not actually touching it. If you, it's kind of just levitating in between his two fingers. Mm-hmm. So he's not actually touching it. I'm convinced and my friends are convinced that's what was going on there. Okay. But then when the ether was in Jane Foster, it was killing her. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't extended exposure to said time stone then be killing Dr. Strange or no, just wizard. Let's just wizard. this. <laughs> just wizard this (laughs) I mean yeah I know that he had um, a special locket to hold it Um, but then yeah I think some of the spells were what I mean he's powerful he had some powerful spells I just did uh, powerful wizard Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. Unless All someone, right. unless one of our listeners knows something, I, I don't know a lot of Dr. Strange's story. I haven't really researched a lot of it, but if any of you listeners out there know maybe how he's able to wield the stone without you know, killing if, him. Yeah. And if the wizardry is what, if he's just wizarding it, <laughs> I like that. That's fun to say. Then let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, the motivations for Thanos um, were different after mm-hmm. watching the movie and, um, you know, completely rocking my world. I decided I should go and find out what was going on with the Infinity War story. And apparently, um, the original motivation for Thanos to kill half the universe was to um, win the favor of Mistress Death. Mm-hmm. And um, and the movie, he's doing it because of limited resources, which bugs me because if you own all of the Infinity Stones, you can change reality. You can create more resources. There's so many other ways you can handle um, this besides them making him almost seem redeemable because no, of- I don't I don't think that makes him redeemable um but I've had, I've had a thought about this um mm-hmm. if he can use the infinity stones to wipe out half the galaxy and he could alternatively also use the infinity stones to say double the resources available in the galaxy mm-hmm. him choosing to wipe out the resources or to wipe out the people makes him irredeemable because he's got other options, right. better options that he's absolutely in no interest in, in taking. So for me, yeah, he might love his daughter, but he's no, he's no dead shot. <laughs> like Will Smith and uh, the DC dead shot. He, you know, he, you pull for him, right? Cause they, He's, he's a bad guy, but you still pull for him. You can't really pull for Thanos, like, unless you're a monster. And then right. I guess you can. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, well. I had a snarky other comment. It was a shade comment, and I'm just not going to even, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to say it. But um, anyway, 
<laughs> you know, it's really funny. I didn't have, I didn't really have any of those quibbles. I mean, I remember thinking, wow, that Maul character was really, really powerful. And that these children of Thanos were powerful. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just run with it. Like, and I guess for me, it was because they had not been established as not being powerful. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. And there's one other thing. And this is kind of out of line, but maybe this is exactly where we need to discuss it. The thing that made me kind of growl, not literally, but you know what I mean, um, was that Gamora says to Peter, I need you to kill me if Thanos gets me. I know you love me, but you need to kill me. Promise me that you'll kill me. And so Peter Quill kills her or tries to kill her. He, he, he does what he has promised he'd do, even though it's ripping his soul apart. He promises. He does what he promises. And then when she sees her sister Nebula being tortured, rather than having the same kind of intestinal fortitude, the same kind of spine that Peter Quill had, Gamora folds and sells out the entire universe. And I'm going to get some hate for that because I'm being critical of Gamora but I'm seriously kind of mad at her. Yeah. I'm seriously mad at her. She's one of those people, I guess, that has an easier time, you know, ending her own life than someone else's. So, well, but then she managed, especially someone's that she loves. And yes, I know it's, it's, um, so hypocritical, but so in the end, the only life she managed to save was Nebulous because she mm-hmm. cost everyone or half the galaxy their lives, including Peter, including Drax, including Mantis. Now, she couldn't have known that all of them were going to die, but by en- enabling Thanos to get the Soul Stone, and he couldn't have gotten it if she hadn't been with him, she has effectively killed half the universe. Thanks. Thanks, Kamora. That's. That's thumbs up. Well, <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about that a little bit in the predictions, too. But we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, okay. Well, my next thing was a credit scene. Can we talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit? Yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people question. And I, I had to confirm with my husband after I watched the credit scene, which, which I thought was a pretty good one. Because, you know, we're all sitting there like trained puppies, Pavlov's dogs waiting for the credits to be over. No one moves at the end of the theater, at the end of the movie. And, um... And what a credit scene. Holy um, moly. Yeah, and so you're (laughs) you're sort of seeing the real-world consequences of what Thanos has done. And, you know, you've got this SUV in front of Maria Hill, and uh, Fury is suddenly unmanned, and it crashes. And they get out, and they look, and there's nobody in there, and they're confused. And then a plane... Or a... Was it a helicopter or a plane flies into a building and people are just disappearing? And then Maria starts to disappear and Fury goes for this janky looking pager that I guess could have been from the 1990s, right? And he's hitting in a code and then he starts to disappear. He drops his favorite trademark curse word and hits send and he's gone and the pager falls to the ground and the symbol I had to I looked at my husband and said that was Captain Marvel's symbol right and he was like yeah yeah so Captain yeah, she Mar- has a couple of different ones yeah. so but I I was 
going to let you talk about this because Captain Marvel's not my jam and, and Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel is one of your, one of yours. So what do you think? Well, uh, first of all, I was like, you know, all excited when I saw that symbol. I was like, yes, because I was looking to, I was hopeful that she would actually be a part of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not just the credit scenes, but hey, you know, I'll take what I can get. But when you see him calling her, my first thought was, where the heck has she been? Mm-hmm. Because through all of this, because Captain Marvel, one of her powers is to be able to feel, you know, what is it? Seventh sense when you can detect something. Sixth is, sense? Is it? It's, it's when you can, it's when you can tell that something is not right. It's the mm-hmm. same one like Spidey sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's Sixth. got that too. Right yeah. before something bad happens, she knows that it's happening. Mm-hmm. So where the heck has she been? Mm-hmm. Um, but this character, um, Miss Marvel, before she was Miss Marvel, also known as Carol Danvers, is going to be played by Brie Larson. That movie drops um, on March 8th, 2019. This is going to be the first time that she's appeared on the big screen, and I am super psyched about it. Um, Carol Danvers, a little bit about her backstory. She was um, a top student in the Air Force who went into the CIA and eventually started working with Nick Fury um, and later moved into a role with NASA as the security director for Cape Canaveral. Um, And this is where she first met the male Captain Marvel, AKA Marvel, who was actually a white skinned, which is unusual, Cree alien, they're usually blue, um, sent to earth to observe our progress in space travel. And Carol was tasked to figure out what was up with Marvel. They fell in love. She was kidnapped by Marvel's enemy as bait to reel him in. Um, and then Marvel and Danvers were caught in some sort of Cree magnetron explosion. And this transferred Marvel's powers to Danvers, and bang, Miss Marvel is born. Um, so we, I think this credit scene points towards seeing her. She's going to be some, she's going to have something to do with. Um, the next movie, I don't know how big of a part, but I do know that she's very powerful. Um, she's She has some of her powers are flight, super strength. Um, she shoots energy bursts from her hands. Then she can absorb energy. Um, she can survive in the vacuum of space. Um, so I think she would be very helpful mm-hmm. in the fight against Thanos and mm-hmm. getting the gauntlet back and the mm-hmm. infinity stones back mm-hmm. so i'm just excited i can't wait i have no idea like wh- how they're going to use her mm-hmm. but and i'm finally it's so hard like for years i've really enjoyed her and her story and there's no swag out there to be had for miss marvel very little like you can find in the past you could find like one or two t-shirts um a couple stickers just very little things to show your love for Miss Marvel and um, uh, of course comic books. But uh, so yeah, she's going to be out there. She's going to be up front with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I'm super yeah. excited. Okay. Um, do we want to move on to our prediction section? Yeah. Let's hear you have a wild and crazy prediction. Um, <laughs> um, 
I am pretty sure is going to be hilariously, fantastically wrong on every single level. But when you mentioned the soul stone to me and sort of possibilities with the soul stone, we don't have a real, real clear picture of what the soul stone could do, right? Or right. what it actually does. So I'm going to postulate that what if the soul stone can return the souls it's taken to life? In that case, um, they won't have to use that messy time stone. And I, I stand by that being a really messy thing. Um, they won't have to use the very messy time stone, which they need to destroy, um, to bring back the people who are dead. So if the soul stone can restore the souls it took then we could potentially at least get everyone back that turned to Ash, but not Loki. And I, I still am not convinced about Gamora. Um, I think the Avengers actually do the thing. And I think that Tony and Steve die in the process. And maybe Captain Marvel is here helping out, and she and Thor then use the stone to return the souls, but the effort kills Thor. Uh, I, I hate that. I hate that prediction. Um, well, can I finish, please? <laughs> um, I don't think that the Scarlet Witch... <laughs> she's fine with Iron Man. She's fine <laughs> with Captain America. I get to Thor, and she gets all snarly. What? What? Anyway, um, I don't think that the Scarlet Witch particularly wants to come back, because, of course, she, she had a hand in killing Vision, and that... Vision was, I think, arguably the love of her life. Um, so I don't think she wants to come back. But she's very powerful and they, they do need her. Um, I actually don't want to be right about this. I, I don't. I want all my Avengers safe, tucked into their beds and, and nice and warm and maybe with some hot cocoa or an adult <laughs> beverage or something. That's what I want. And I certainly don't want... Captain America, Team Cap forever, to die. Ever. Because Captain America. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, though, that having been said, that they are definitely going to walk back on most of these deaths. Definitely Spider-Man. Definitely Black Panther. Most of the Guardians. Mm -hmm. and, and again, Gamora's question mark. And, and definitely Winter Soldier. But I think think though they need to clear the slate a little bit and unfortunately I think they're going to clear the slate a little bit by taking away Tony oh, Captain America no, and Thor no, no, I mean you, you don't have to like it, zip it. <laughs> has you ever telling me to zip it ever actually worked I'm curious no okay. just checking I didn't well, think that worked yeah, no, no. And ne neither neither would it for anyone who ever told Sally to zip it, just so you know, just for the record. But, um, yeah. And I, I get that. a lot of that from, like, kind of fanboys, and I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> Kudos for you yeah. coming up with this theory. Yeah. Um, I have I'm none. sure it's wrong. I hope it's wrong. Yeah. But, I don't have any theories. All I know is what um, little bit I know about how the story ends in the comics, mm -hmm. um, which this is where I'm going to go back to Nebula, but also I wanted to mention Gamora. So at the end of the movie, after Thanos has snapped his fingers and mm -hmm. half of the universe has disappeared, you see him in this, um, 
realm, this, I'm assuming, some sort of soul stone realm. And Gamora is the little girl that we've caught glimpses of her as throughout the movie. At the end of the movie, she's that little girl again, and she's looking up at Thanos and asking him, if was it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I believe maybe she'll come back. But um, in the comics, um, Nebula actually gets the gauntlet and the infinity stones during a time when uh, Thanos is distracted by someone else more powerful. And um, she brings everybody back basically. Could it be Captain Marvel? It might be. It could be. Like could she? There's a, there's a maybe as her binary form. Um, but uh, there's, you know, who knows what they're going to do? Because in the comics, I believe it was like someone who represented the universe itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to say for certain because I don't remember all the details. And again, maybe some of our listeners can comment with some details. I'd love to or I'm going to go back and research some more. But um, basically, Thanos was distracted. Uh, Nebula gets the gauntlet and she brings she sets everything right. And I think nobody is more deserving of that privilege than Nebula because she has been tortured her entire life. She was not the favored child. Um, You know, she had a body part replaced for every time she lost when her father pitted her against her sister, which was every single time. Um, It's just awful what she's been through and she deserves some retribution. Mm Mm-hmm. Who dies in the comic? Do you remember? Anybody? Or they could all survive? Um, I don't I don't remember if anybody else dies. Mm. Um, but all I remember is Nebula was the reason that mm. she got a hold to it. She brings everybody back. That's all I remember. Mm. Some more research needs to be done. But okay. All um, right. Last section. What did we learn from this movie? Well, much like we learn, or much like I've learned for sure in real life, the good guy doesn't always win. Mm. Darn you, Marvel. You had trained us to believe that that was true, but um, that the good guy does always win. But in this case, they did not. And I think we got some serious foreshadowing uh, with Thanos's you know, statement in the trailers when he's saying, in time, you'll know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it, run from it, destiny still arrives. So we were told in the very beginning, in the trailers, that they were going to lose, the Avengers were going to lose, and Thanos was going to win, and he did. He won, and I feel sick. I will put forward a theory. You can win major battles and lose the war. Mm-hmm. You can win major battles and lose the war. Yes. And I would argue that the same is going to show through here. That yes, they've lost this massive battle. But... Not unlike America after Pearl Harbor, we absolutely lost that battle, but we did, in fact, win that war. 
um, with World War II. Um, but this is fiction, of course. And I, in my fiction and in my real life, always have to believe that good will triumph in the end. And, um, and I also believe that everything does work out as it should. So my hope is that probably Thor is going to take this purple dude down and, um, Thanos made a major mistake when he said to Thor, when Thor slashes open his chest with his axe, he says, you should have aimed for the head. Thor will not make that mistake again. Thor right. will absolutely aim for the head. And Thanos's arrogance is in the end, I think, going to be his downfall. So... I'm okay with that, that his arrogance being his downfall, because if anybody deserves it, he does. Um, with regards to what I've lost or learned from this movie is the same thing that I learned from Harry Potter. And that is what is right is not always what is easy. And what is easy is not always what it's right. And that really, I, I see that a lot in this movie, you know, the, the right thing to do would have been for um, Doctor Strange to destroy the Time Stone. And then the Infinity Gauntlet would not have been able to have been completed. That would have been the right thing to do, and that would have been the easier thing to do. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. what would have been the harder thing for him to do. Um, but he refuses to do it, and there we go, right? So, yeah... I that I'm gonna stick with that one. Any thoughts? No, I like that. I love someone getting their just desserts for hubris. Mm. And um, so yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna be it for us today. And um, I would love to thank you all for listening. And we really do appreciate the feedback that we've received. Um, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, we'd appreciate some stars on iTunes or maybe leave us a review. Uh, you can also find us on Cloud, SoundCloud, of course. Um, if you would like to talk to us, we would love to hear from you. And you can email us at saywinpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at saywinpodcast. Um, I'm Sally, um, and I'm known as Palmetto Blue on Twitter, and you can find my blog at Palmetto's Desk at WordPress. Uh, Melissa, where can they find you? Um, I can be found at PaxiBabe at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Great. Well, I'm going to sign out today and say, may the force be with you. And I will say truth and justice. Bye, y'all. Bye.